Hi, this is Alana. Welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's going to be a fun episode, one that I've been wanting to do for quite a long time, just talking about different lessons that we can learn about prayer from unexpected places like Hollywood movies. So I hope that you guys enjoy this discussion. Um, I better give a spoiler right now that I know some people get way, way, way into like not wanting movie spoilers. So we will be sure to let you know if we're about to spoil a movie. But um, I think all the movies we've been talking about have been out for, you know, at least half a year or something. So my guess is that if you are the kind of person who hates movie spoilers, you will have made sure to see the movies we're talking about. But Wanted to get that disclaimer out. It's going to be a really fun episode. If you're not into movies and you're like, why in the world are they talking about films? Um, there's still just some really, really neat lessons about prayer, which is why I've been so excited about this episode. So let's open up with a word of prayer. God, we just thank you that you speak to us in all sorts of ways through people, through movies, books even things that weren't intended to speak your truth or point people to you. Um, we can see those truths and those lessons played out. And we just pray that you would help us to just get a better understanding of how you're just everywhere through this discussion. And we just thank you for the opportunity to just have a fun talk about how movies can, can point us back to you and to prayer and teach us lessons in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So our just for fun question today is what is the last movie or TV show that made you cry? So I was sobbing like a baby oh, during no. this Billy Graham documentary oh. and it was on Netflix and I had, I had been up with the kids getting them to bed and my husband had turned on this, you know, he couldn't find anything good and <laughs> that sounds horrible. Horrible. Couldn't find anything good, so he watched a Billy Graham documentary. So he watched a Billy Graham documentary, but there was no show that looked interesting or movie. Uh So he put on this Billy Graham documentary. I I just had no idea. I mean, this man is amazing, and we all kind of know that anyway. Mm -hmm. But his role in civil rights. I mean, his. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. I mean, he was a civil rights activist, and when he would preach in the South. He was bold. They showed some videos about man. him just That's saying, neat. like, it is unacceptable to wow. marginalize anyone, black, white, any other color. And I mean, he yeah. was he was ahead of his time. And I was, oh. And he was from the South, wasn't he? Yes. And he was threatened yeah. and people, yeah. you know, didn't like him. There was another time that he was invited um, to like a, I don't know if it was a United Nations thing or it was a, it was mm-hmm. actually an assembly of religious leaders. And yeah. They were going to talk about something totally unrelated to religion, but he was invited and he was criticized because I think it was in Russia. And at mm-hmm. the time it was like deep in the cold war and oh, right, right, right. he went right. over there and yeah. he's speaking and it showed a video of him speaking and he got up there and his, I, I believe his first words were Jesus Christ is the only way wow. to God. I mean, like he preached, he just basically got That's up amazing. there. That's neat. Oh, but then just seeing all of that, and I just, I, I can't even remember all the times that I just teared up and Aww. he, wow, what a man. And so, yeah, that was it. And then another one is the boy who harnessed the wind. Um, it's this, I found it on Netflix one day uh-huh. and it's a, it's a true story about a boy. Um, I want to say Uganda, but I don't know if it was Uganda, it, but it was, it was a country in Eastern Africa 
and there was a drought and their crops were yeah. dying and okay that sounds familiar yeah ended up yeah building up oh, spoiler alert he builds a windmill. <laughs> you know what? If I remember right, he actually came and spoke at the Anchorage Library several Are you years serious? ago. Serious? It sounds super familiar, oh and I think it might goodness. have been the same same wow, guy. Wow, that's amazing! Oh, I wish I'd been there. Yeah. How about you? Um, a couple. So this one, um, it's either going to be really funny or really sad, depending the way you look at it. But I was watching. We went to go see the new Captain Marvel movie. Um, what was that like a month or two ago? Mm-hmm. And there was a trailer for the Dumbo live action and I barely made it through. Oh my um, goodness. Just like that. That was a really hard movie for me as a kid anyway, cause my mom mm. died when I was young. And what I, I really actually am kind of upset about because I knew that there was the scene where she was singing a lullaby mm-hmm. and like Scott and I joked about it forever. Cause I told him about that scene when I was an adult and just started bawling because he had never seen Dumbo. It was like, oh, ha ha, you know, like she's, but I didn't realize how upset that scene actually made me until I saw the trailer because they actually played the song and it's been stuck in my head ever since. Like it was forgotten. Like I, I couldn't have told you the words or the melody of that, that lullaby. stuck in my head too. Yeah. I know. And I'm really actually like pretty, pretty unhappy that it's in my head now. I mean, I know it's one of those things that I just have to deal with and I made it through the trailer without crying, but, um, but yeah, our joke is like, I couldn't even tell my husband about that scene without bursting into tears at one point, but, um, you know, it's funny. So you were talking about the, um, the Billy Graham documentary. I know I'm never going to be able to watch that, um, Mr. Rogers, like I know there's a biopic as well as a documentary. Oh, I want to see the, I want to oh, see. Oh, I'm not going to be able to play. make it through either, like no. without just sobbing my heart out. <laughs> I really like Mr. Rogers. Um, yes, me too. Oh, did you, you know the, the Christian film Courageous with the Police? Yes. Okay. So we went to see that in the theater and I can't even blame pregnancy because the Dumbo thing, we just kind of joked as a pregnancy hormonal thing because that's when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went to see Courageous, the movie, and can't blame pregnancy on this one, but the, the opening scene at the very beginning, the guy's filling up his gas tank, a gangster tries to steal his van, and the dad, or the, the, the guy's running after him, fighting him, like, it's like, come on, dude, it's just a truck, is what someone says, like, why would you risk your life? And then he opens the back door, and his little baby's in the car seat. <sighs> And I saw that I, and I was in the theater and it just boom hit. And I was just like sobbing. It was uh, kind of crazy. <laughs> I know someone that that happened to oh, as a, no. yeah. uh, a, a woman I worked with. Um, she had her car running. It was something different, but her car was running in her driveway or outside of her house. And she had just put her child in the car seat um, and strapped him in and remembered she had to run in and grab her coat or something. And so she ran back in and when she came out, someone had jumped in her car and she watched as the car pulled away. Oh no. Was everything okay? I need a spoiler for this. (laughs) Thankfully the person must've had a conscience. And when he realized that the child was in there, okay. So maybe he just down, abandoned the vehicle and just ran. And so it was not at that point. Yeah. I'm not safe. I'm not even going to bother pressing charges. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right. I don't think they even caught him. I think the, the police, okay. uh, but she had a, a long period of time where she just didn't know because I think she called the police 
and they found it, you know, not, not far from the house, but the guy wasn't anywhere in sight. I don't oh, but there was a waiting him. period. Yeah, um, there was a waiting oh, period for so, her. Oh, that's awful. Oh, sorry. Like, I don't know. Is- I know. Like, we're supposed to be talking about, like, fun movies, and we're all like, yeah, my right. mom died, and I sobbed my heart out. And just for mom- fun. Yeah, <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> just for fun questions. Sorry, y'all. Okay. Oh. All right, let's lighten it up. <laughs> um, I remember the movie that wanted to, that made me want to do an episode like this. And that is Rogue One. It's one of the Star Wars, like it's not one of the main, like linear progression movies. It's kind of one of the branch off movies. I am the least Star Wars fancy person that I know, but I've watched them because my family gets into it and stuff. Rogue One, I didn't dislike, but um, there was a scene that I thought was absolutely amazing. And this was like a couple years ago. And I'm like, Jamie, we need to do a podcast episode about this scene. Um, So have you seen Rogue One? I have. Yes. Okay. Many times. So (laughs) so you're probably going to know the plot better than I can, because I think I only saw it once. So you can fill in where I get it wrong. But the scene I'm talking about, it's this... um, like the blind monk guy, right? Do you know, yes. Is that right? He's a monk and he's blind. Do I at yeah. least get that part right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So he's a blind monk, but he's also got these like super cool ninja skills. I was like, oh, that's fun. I didn't see that coming. So there's this part where it's toward the end. It's kind of at the final battle scene. Mm-hmm. And he needs to get from here to here in order mm-hmm. to save everybody. And people are firing at him and he's blind. But while he is walking from here to here, he is kind of chanting about the force because in Star Wars, you know, it's all the force. And um, I'm certainly not saying that that side of it is how we should pray. But I saw this as an absolute picture of prayer, Uh, just the confidence he had. He walked slowly and deliberately. And I'm just going to call it praying, even though theologically, obviously, Star Wars is not Christianity. But that's what I saw it as. He is going... In the heat of battle, people are shooting at him. He doesn't even have the benefit of sight. And basically, he is, he's not even darting. He's just walking slowly and deliberately, praying with full confidence that these bullets aren't going to hit him or light pew-pews, whatever they are that are being shot at him, aren't going to do damage. And it reminds me, you know, of some of the passages in Psalms where it talks about, you know, not being terrified on the day of battle and things like that. And so A, I just thought that that was a really neat scene. But then this is also something that happened. So I forget exactly who does what, who gets killed, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, not a Star Wars fan. But there was another point where his, is it like his bodyguard? Is that what you would call that other guy? Who he yeah, would the big guy. Yeah. Yes. So, when, and he's like yes. a skeptic at first, right? Yes. This, yeah. And so at one point he needs to get from here to here. And so he tries doing the same thing and ends up getting shot. And what I thought the, the kind of takeaway that I took from this is it's not the words. Do you know what I mean? And it's not the praying one time. It's that if you, if you ask yourself, well, why was, the first guy's prayer, quote unquote, effective, whereas the second guy's wasn't, it was that the first guy had made his life's mission to practice this kind of prayer and spiritual warfare. 
And so I kind of saw that as a similar to, you know, the guys in Acts who tried to cast out a demon, but they weren't really Christians. They didn't really know what they were doing. And like the demons ended up beating them up or something. You remember that story? Like I kind of think about it that. So I think that yes, prayer can absolutely shield us in the day of battle, whether we're talking about a physical or spiritual battle, it can have that amazing result that we saw in the first guy of like bullets completely going past us and not harming us at all. But that only works. I don't want to say only that is far more likely to work. If you've sort of been developing that kind of prayer lifestyle, does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. And the words that he spoke over and over were, I am one with the force and the force is with me. And so it's kind of interesting, you know, thinking of that in terms of, you know, when you translate that into the one true God, I am one with God, I'm with God and God is with me. And, you know, that you're connected and that it's, you know, it's not that chanting an affirmation of your own power right. is going to get mm-hmm. No, it's not. Battle. And that's where the, uh, the analogy ends for sure. But when you are one with God, you know, yeah. and you're, you're, affirming truth, like actual truth, I do feel like that's powerful, you know, basically saying, you know, like it, it reminds me of um, the Bible verse, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And to me, that's kind of the foundation of biblical affirmation is, you know, if there is something that you need to say to yourself over and over again, that's biblical truth, you need to demolish any arguments or any pretension that sets itself up against God being all powerful and able to bring you through those hard times and to be able to dodge the shots because he believed it. I mean, his life was hinging Mm -hmm. on that truth. And if it is actual truth, then yeah, God is going to carry you through, but only when we're actually connected with him. It's not like you said, it's not the words. It's not the frequency. You can say words over and over again. And we've talked about ritualistic or even superstitious prayer or even legalistic prayer. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like a clanging gong, you know, it's, it's like a good way to put it. I think that's biblical, but in a different circumstance, but, (laughs) but yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's a really neat, I I did not get that from that scene, but now I look at it, I think, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really I really, it, it was neat. And like I said, like, I know that the analogy isn't perfect. I know that, you know, some Christians don't do Star Wars kinds of movies and stuff. And, you know, it's, we're not trying to um, draw parallels that, um that aren't there or parallels that verge on blasphemous, you know, the force is not God, (laughs) obviously, but I still feel like some of these things that show up, even in our pop culture, I think that even if they're not created by Christians, it just shows our desire to be connected to the divine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like this is getting a slightly off topic, but you know, all of the, um, I don't quite want to say obsession, but you know, there are tons of movies about end of the world cataclysmic events, right? Mm -hmm. And part of me feels that the reason that that shows up so often in our pop culture is because somewhere 
God has put it on our hearts that the world is going to be destroyed by fire. Like the book mm -hmm. of Revelations is going to come true. Um, so anyway, let's move to a movie that's going to be a little bit easier to um, kind of relate to Christianity specifically because it's one of the Narnia movies. And, um, you know, we, we know that there were deliberate analogies in that one between, um, you know, this fantasy world that C.S. Lewis created and the Christian life. And actually, I'm going to be one of those really, really bad people who can't remember if this is in the book and the movie or just the movie because <laughs> I'm more familiar. I think with that makes you a good person because you actually it. read the book. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> I just don't remember. You're superior so. to those that know for sure that it was just in the movie because they the never read the book. <laughs> Um, all right. So in the Prince Caspian movie, this is again in one of the end battle scenes and it's, you know, kind of a, we're fighting for the, um, the future of Narnia. And I forget exactly who does what, but basically Lucy, the youngest ends up leaving the battle in order to go to try to find Aslan, who is the, you know, Jesus figure in the entire series, the lion, who is going to then come and help them win the battle. So basically, everybody else is over here fighting. She steps back away from the fight in order to go get Aslan. And I think a lot of people, if they were Lucy, would be like, well, no, I can't leave the fight. You know, and she had like a, I think she still had her healing potion. You know, like it could be very easy for her to make this excuse. I am needed here. I cannot leave. But ultimately, she knew that her job was to go and find the lion who was going to win the battle for them. And I see this as kind of the difference between frontline Christians and backline Christians. So the analogy that I make for it are the people that are engaged in the battle. You know, like, let's, let's call that, um, in one sense, you could think, you know, there's quite a few parallels. But for one parallel, like, let's say those are the missionaries, the people, like, actually doing the front lines work to advance God's kingdom. They need to be doing that work. It wasn't that every single person was like, Hey Lucy, we're going to go find Aslan with you. <laughs> Some people right. had to stay there doing this like actual battle, but it was just as important or arguably even more important for Lucy to go find Aslan because the actual victory couldn't come until Aslan was there. So I see Lucy as sort of the, the person who is upholding these other frontlines workers in prayer, whether that's foreign missionaries, your church staff, people involved in ministry. And I think it's just a picture that we need both. Like I said, it wasn't that everybody could just sit down, put their weapons away and say, well, we know eventually Aslan's coming and he's stronger than the enemy. They had to actually engage in combat, but they wouldn't have won if Lucy hadn't been the kind of behind the scenes backup for them. And so I see her as kind of the, the prayer warrior who really, like you could say that the reason the battle was won was because of what she did. <laughs> you know, everybody else was just kind of holding holding things back so that she could go find Aslan because that's where the true victory came from. Absolutely. And that reminded me as you were talking about that of, um, I was watching the 
Hillsong documentary about the band Hillsong, the worship band. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the lead singer is kind of the front. Well, actually he's not there. Lots of different people sing, but you know, the lead singer is definitely the leader of their group, just spiritually, visionarily, all of that. And then there's another guy in the band that when he was talking about, you know, talking about the leader, they were asking, you know, about the the setup of their band. And he said that he's always felt like he was the shield bearer for the lead singer. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, the shield bearer was, you know, basically guarded the warrior, you know, and so maybe this guy's on the front lines, but the shield bearer is like, you know, basically God has called this person maybe to be less prominent in the public eye or less seeming less significant in what's up in front. But like you said, maybe more important because he's the one that's lifting, you know, lifting up Mm -hmm. the front man in prayer, praying protection on his marriage, protection for his purity, protection for his spirit, um, allowing him to connect with God in a way, you know, kind of paving the way for him to connect with God in a way that he can create these worship songs and Mm -hmm. maintain integrity and connection with God. So yeah, that's, that's really neat. I like that. Yeah. I've talked with a lot of Christians who feel, if not quite guilty, like disappointed, like maybe at one point they picture themselves becoming missionaries or being more involved in ministry, but they're not. And sometimes we can feel guilty about you know, okay, I know Christians around the world are suffering, but I'm living so comfortably. And my antidote to that kind of sense of unease really is, okay, well, if God hasn't opened the way for you to go, then he's calling you to pray because it's really hard to do both. You know, going back to that Narnia battle, you can't, it's, it's far harder to fight and go for help. (laughs) You know, like it's uncommon for you to be able to do both well. And so I, I just see that as a picture of how we as the body of Christ are really um, holding each other up and, and reliant on each other. Lucy needed those people to keep fighting or else the line would break and they would come after her and she would have never made it to Aslan. The fighters needed her to go get Aslan because he was the one who was going to win the battle for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, super, super interesting. So tell me, I know you have kind of a movie that's spoken to you about prayer. Do you want to go into that next? <laughs> yeah. Field of dreams. Is that what mm-hmm, you're thinking? Mm-hmm. So I think we were in the beginning stages. I don't remember if we were beginning the podcast or going through some shifting or changes. For yeah, the podcast. I think revamping kind of. Yeah. And we ended up, um, just, not knowing exactly how to proceed. And so anyway, I just remember that I was, I was in prayer one time and I just, the thought came to my mind, if you build it, he will come, which is from field of dreams. And I was just thinking, what on earth is a movie quote coming into my mind for? And I actually went to that quote and I watched the clip on YouTube and whatever it was, um, it just really was an illustration of hearing God's voice and trusting that even when he asks us to do something crazy or when he calls us to something that we're just thinking, I don't know if that's going to work or, you know, I don't know how that's going to happen. But if we actually are pretty con- uh, convinced that we're hearing God's voice, um, sometimes we have to move forward with those mm-hmm. plans right? 
before we can see the fruit of that or, you know, and sometimes we do have to, it was just kind of an illustration of stepping out in faith. So for those of you that haven't seen the movie, Kevin Costner is this guy and, you know, spoiler alert, he ends up feeling like he needs to build a baseball field. And it really is kind of a crazy movie when you think about the premise of it. It's a really good movie, but it's kind of weird. All of these old baseball players' spirits come back. and Yeah, it, I was going to ask. I haven't seen it since I was probably 18, but it gets a little paranormal, right? It does. So uh-huh. it may not be for everyone. But the I, what I got from it is he was hearing this voice in his mind. And the parallel is that if you clearly hear God calling you to do something, which, you know, some of you might be feeling that now, mm-hmm. it might be, uh, it might be scary and you might not, it might seem contrary to worldly wisdom. Um, and I'm not encouraging you to, you know, do financially irresponsible things or whatever, if you're not completely sure. <laughs> right, right. But when sometimes we have to take a first step mm-hmm. in order to see if you build it, if you do this thing God is calling you to, then the confirmation will come after. It, yeah. it doesn't always work in reverse. I don't know. But that, yeah. no, that it's was taking kind of, that first step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's is kind it, of been my go-to, you know, we kind of joke about it sometimes. Um, no, but when we feel like, you know, we're supposed to go in a certain direction, I just think to myself, okay, yeah, if we, if we do this, if we go in this direction, I just, I feel like if it's possible for the Holy Spirit to bring a movie to mind <laughs> instead of a scripture, mm-hmm. I feel like it was him kind of telling me, you know, move forward with this and, and it'll work out. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I think it did kind of start as a joke between us, but I like, it really has been an inspirational thing for you. And, and I've got kind of a a parallel for me. Have you seen the greatest showman yet? That is like one of our family favorites. Our kids like regularly will ask to watch that. Yeah. I love the music. You know, I, I realized that the last time I actually did cry, cry at a movie and not a trailer or not talking about a scene from a movie. Um, it was actually from that. So my husband and I watched it one night and we both love musicals anyway. I knew nothing about it. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Oh yeah. And I was ready. Like as soon as it ended, like it ended at maybe eight 30 at night. I'm like, you want to watch it again? And I was dead serious. Like I would have just started <laughs> the whole thing right over. And he's like, yeah, no. Um, he liked it. He just was, you know, like saw it once, but the next day, um, I, I listened to the song, a million dreams from the beginning. And Mm -hmm. there was just something that was just so sweet. Like it starts with a little kid singing, just Mm -hmm. sweet, pure innocence, hopefulness. And I did cry. And, and for me, like, that's my field of dream scenes. Like if I'm feeling scared about where God is taking us, or if I feel like, you know, our, our dreams for this podcast and ministry are bigger than our britches or something like that. Like that's my go-to is listening to that song. And it's, you know, it's just, it's sweet and it's all about just having big dreams, you know? As an aside, did you see the special features? Um, no, are they good? So there is one. No spoilers. Um, let's see. I don't think it's a spoiler. Okay. So the woman that played, that played the bearded lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
she was not supposed to be in the movie at first. She was in the chorus. And there's this, um, I don't know if it's on special features. I think it is. Or maybe it was just on YouTube where there I've was- I've seen this, the YouTube where she's practicing the song. Yes. That so was she me. wasn't yeah, even was meant me. to be in the movie. And, and I didn't realize that. She she went up there and she just like- Nailed it. Nailed it so <laughs> much. They were like, you have Aww. to sing this. And But she was just talking about how she- didn't feel worthy to be up there. She didn't feel like, you know, she had been through some pain. She didn't expound on it, but said she had felt like that song that she sang, this is me, mm-hmm. was empowering her to put herself out there in a way that she never felt comfortable doing Aww. before. So that was kind of neat. That is. That made me cry. Love that movie. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I want to um, jump into Marvel. Our family's really, really, really big Marvel fans. We have our tickets secured for Endgame when it comes Ooh, out. We've caught awesome. up. Yeah, we've we t- we did the marathon before Infinity War, and then we just decided to do the marathon again. So, like in the past year, we've watched everything at least twice. <laughs> well, but, and uh, didn't your husband actually take a day off of work yes, specifically? Yes. I saw that on. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So. Um, um, one of the scenes that's really neat in Ant-Man and the Wasp, and this is where, um, you know, some people are particular about spoilers, so I'm going to give some Ant-Man and the Wasp spoilers. Have you seen that one, Jamie? Yes. Okay. So what I loved is the part where, so basically it's all about getting um, this woman who's been stuck in this quantum realm back right. into the the land of the living, (laughs) kind of like from one reality back into another. And basically she's been stuck in this sort of alternate reality subatomic world Mm -hmm. um, for like 20 years or something. And when she comes out, what's really neat is she's able to heal somebody else. So basically the, um, the whole plot revolves around like the bad guy in the film is this young woman who was part of this scientific accident so that she can't, um, she's not like made out of real flesh. Like she can't get hugged because people walk right through her sort of thing. And she's in pain all the time. She's always in pain. And this woman who was stuck in this subatomic world, once she gets rescued out of there is able to heal this other woman. And for me, it was just, I really liked the character in me because one character, and you'll know the same because you've read some of my novels, I guess like on a conscious or subconscious level, I'm very, drawn to this um this character trope of like the the old spiritual woman you know like mm-hmm. who may be in another um you know like i don't know oh there's our <laughs> there's our fire alarm let's let's pause hold on and we're back with a house that is not burning down so <laughs> thanks, <Yay. laughs> thanks. Um, Anyway, so I was talking about this kind of like spiritual prayer warrior granny lady who kind of shows up in a lot of my books, like not always as the exact same character, but just sort of that idea of the character. And I sort of just sensed that from the character in the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie too. The mom just, you know, I mean, she's not old, old, but just this. But she had wisdom, like she had been stuck there. A spiritually mature woman. But she had been like, I mean, even though it had been 20 years in the real world, in her world, like who knows how long had gone yeah. by. And that was wise. Yes. Yeah. And, and spiritually powerful because she healed this other girl just kind of um, through like 
her, this, this spiritual and or metaphysical and or quantum, whatever that means, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of power that she acquired. And so the other parallel that I saw from this as prayer is like this woman went through a lot of suffering being torn away from this reality, like expecting to be there kind of for eternity before she got rescued out of that quantum realm. But then instead of being like hurt or bitter Mm -hmm. or broken, she was stronger and she was able to heal others who were experiencing a similar kind of pain. And so, you know, it's just a neat way to look at our suffering when God does allow us to go through suffering. Sometimes it's so that we can come out with that grace and wisdom and strength and so that he can really use us to bring healing to others going through something similar. Right. And I think it's also important that this person she healed was trying to kill her. She was, I think, wasn't she trying to kill her? I mean, she was outwardly antagonistic. And Mm -hmm. so for us to look at the next time you come across someone, I mean, the Bible says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. I mean, that is a hard teaching, but in that wisdom, you know, to, to just hold on to that wisdom and say, okay, the next time I I encounter someone who makes me angry, who persecutes me or someone that I love, that our first response should be prayer and healing and restoration. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's a really good, hard. Mm -hmm. Good analogy too. I've got one more Marvel movie and then we can wrap this up. Um, So we watched Captain Marvel, like I said, a couple, well, right when it came out and that's when I had to get that lullaby from Dumbo stuck in my head again. (laughs) But um, there was just a neat scene in that. I have less to, um, to say about it. One, because I only saw it once in theaters and so it's not quite solidified in my head. Um, But there was just a neat scene that to me just showed the power of just a focused and trained mind in our prayers. So basically they had this sort of technology where they could hook her brain up to kind of interact with this antagonistic force. And basically they hooked her up so that she could interact with this antagonistic force in order to make the antagonistic force able to control her. But she was able to like mentally fight off this, this entity. And to me, it was just a picture, again, kind of like in Ant-Man and the Wasp, of just very strong spiritual power And the fact that, you know, um, when you are overcome, whether it's from fears or anxieties or negative thoughts or any kind of oppression, it doesn't mean that we always know exactly how to channel that to fight it, but that power to fight it is in our control. So basically it was one of those things, almost like Dorothy and the slippers, like you had this power all along. You just needed to learn how to use it. You know, I mean, it's in so many movies, it's such a trope, but it still is true. We have the power to combat any kind of oppression with our prayers. That doesn't mean we're going to do it perfectly 100% of the time. And it doesn't mean we're always going to know how to use that power. But it kind of goes back to our very first one in Rogue One, where the more you practice a lifestyle of prayer, the more focused your kind of mental and spiritual energy is going to be so that you can do that kind of warfare type praying. Yes. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up. I hope this was interesting. Like I said, this is a show I've been wanting to do for a really long time. Um, We always like to include just some practical takeaways as well. 
And so if you've been listening to this and you're like, okay, Ilana and Jamie, that was interesting, but like, what do I do with that? I guess it's a good reminder um, to even be praying for Hollywood, like for the actors there, especially like it's really hard for Christian actors because it is such um, an industry that historically is not friendly to good morals, to Christian values. But yeah, let's just keep Hollywood in our prayers, especially like there have been some really neat Christian movies and things that have been making um, a lot of good progress in bringing this, you know, just Christian truths and Christian values back into pop culture. So lots of takeaways that we can be praying for in that sense. So um, let's go ahead and pray and then we'll close with our blessing and benediction. God, I want to thank you for these examples of prayer that you've given us, even in pop culture, Lord. And we do pray for Hollywood. Thank you for the movies that have come out or that are in production that are based on your truth and present your gospel, Lord. And I just pray for them to be amazingly successful, God. We thank you for the movie Unplanned that's come out that's just really highlighting the evil of abortion and the fact that... um, the world hasn't been able to stop that message, no matter how hard they tried. And we just pray for the success of um, Hollywood actors and filmmakers and producers, help them to walk with absolute integrity. And we just pray that you would keep on giving us examples like this, whether in Christian films or secular films that will just really enhance our prayer lives. I pray that everyone listening would achieve that kind of spiritual power that we've talked about in some of these characters and some of these movies, Lord, and that you would just go with us today and help us to be lights for your kingdom. Amen. Amen. So our blessing today is, may you never forget the Savior's sacrifice on your behalf. May the groans and tears of Gethsemane serve to constantly remind you of the Savior's submission. May the wounds of war give voice to the limitless love he bestows on you. May the cross speak to you every day regarding the forgiveness and grace that are yours in Christ. And may the hope of resurrection fill you with joy unspeakable from this day and forevermore. And our benediction is from 1 Peter 5, 10 and 11. The God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.